Hello, welcome to 25 Cents, a video game podcast. I am Chris. And I'm Nick. Each episode, we'll be talking about the games we've tried, other games we keep going back to, and what we think might be great games to check out if you've got kids. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on the web at goodstuff.net. Work. Hey, Nick. My very spaced hey, out Chris. intro, <laughs> trying to time it just right. <laughs> Even though I yeah, we'll it we'll get it right. We'll get it right. You know, by episode uh, forty or something. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. This is episode thirty-six of uh, your twenty-five cents video game podcast. Please deposit your quarter at the door. <laughs> I guess <laughs> rework our <laughs> intro just to be more on theme. But you had mentioned actually we were talking on Discord about uh, highlighting the corners, making it you know, more official. Just in case people aren't aware, do you want to? Give a quick rundown of our corners that and why we. I don't remember why we call them corners. That was another podcast I think I heard that used to use corners. I, I I don't I don't remember. It's already lost uh, to the mists of time. But yeah, we <laughs> we have four corners that we talk about. We talk about console corners, so kind of news in the world of consoles. I think originally it was Switch corner, but we have other consoles that we play. Our corners are uh, flexible, well, or at least that Chris plays. They get the they corners get are flexible, renovated. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're we're constantly under construction here at 25 cents. Uh, we have PC Corner, so it's, it's loosely sort of games that we play on, uh, you know, PC, Mac, or or big news in the in the world of of gaming and streaming. Uh, Apple Corner, which of course is sort of our original corner when we had just the one, which is mostly Apple Arcade and a tiny bit complaining about Apple TV hardware. <laughs> Uh, and then we have tabletop corner because as the show has gone on, uh, we've realized one of the things we, uh, spend a lot of time with our kids is playing board games and card games and the like. Yeah. And then, uh, every once in a while we get a little listener feedback that, uh, we fit in at the end or work into one of the corners. Yeah. So that's our show. And hopefully if you're out there and you want to send feedback, we try to make it obvious, but yeah, we are reachable on Twitter, 25 C arcade or, uh, even the emails, chris at lamaproductions.ca. You can email me directly. And uh, if you're okay with whatever you say being read on the on the air or just have feedback for the show, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and uh, and then the Patreon, patreon.com slash goodstuff is how you can join the Discord with the other fantastic Discord members of the Good Stuff community. So goodstuff.network. Don't uh, listen to the goodstuff.fm anymore. That domain is not healthy for a variety of reasons. <laughs> so let's jump into console corner on that note. <laughs> what have you been? Yeah. Uh, so not, not a whole lot on, on the switch lately. Um, we, we did allow our just dance unlimited subscription that we paid for last year to expire. I think we just haven't been playing it as much and you know, it, the game still works without it. You, you just have the, the original set of like 40 songs. You don't get the, the continuous updates of current pop songs. Um, so that you know, maybe we would turn it back on again, but at at this point, it just hasn't been a, a primary interest uh, as far as home entertainment. I think my son is just fine dancing to whatever music is on, uh, <laughs> as inspired, without being guided by a game. Yeah. At, at this moment, the competitive side isn't as necessary. Just the good excuse to move the feet. Yeah, and and the other cool music thing I saw in the in the console world is uh, someone has made a hardware device called the Super MIDI Pack, which is, uh, it's an SNES cartridge form factor that you plug in 
to your original Super Nintendo or Super Famicom, and then you plug it into whatever MIDI controller you want over USB, and it allows you to use like your keyboard, your music keyboard, to control the sound chip in the Super Nintendo and then record. <laughs> so you can, you know, very, very easily um, manage uh, your your chiptune uh, nice. generation with with not not you know simulating it in a computer, but using the original uh, sound controller uh, in chip in the in the hardware. And without needing to uh, get into the programming of said sound chip, yeah, which I think is pretty cool. That's that's fascinating. And ninety nine bucks US, it's what it looks like, but uh, and sales tax, shipping, etc. Obviously, and uh, things. But plus, finding a Super Nintendo <laughs> somewhere if you don't have one. Yes, having a working Super Nintendo <laughs> may actually be the more challenging uh, hardware preservation aspect yeah. of using such advice. <laughs> that's really cool, though. That's fun. Um, what was the video game auction you'd mentioned here? I didn't. Oh yeah, just I, oh yes, I there was a record set uh, for. Um, I think wasn't it? A, it was like a Zelda cartridge. Uh, what? Or sorry, a copy of Super Mario sixty four was sold for one point five six million dollars, beating out a copy of uh, Legend of Zelda that sold for eight hundred seventy thousand dollars. So, I I don't know what kind of. Uh, vintage video game cartridge futures uh, are being invested in, but somebody's somebody's moving money around and it's weird. Yeah. Well, one of my clients, ha- I've seen the back of his video, the client, like the podcast videos they do. He has a um, a collector's copy of, I th- I'm assuming the original, it looks like the original GoldenEye for uh, Nintendo, whatever system, that was the 64. 64 yeah. yeah. Um, so he has that in a special case or whatever that he's using. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, Marla on the chat said, what in the damn hell? Why pay that much? <laughs> I guess you're hoping either either it's like a collector's item you put up on your wall or you uh, you're hoping it's going to appreciate in value. I don't know. That's bonkers. I, I, I think it's one of those hot potato things where and, and maybe there's some, you know, questionable uh, money changing hands <laughs> that you you just like with art auctions. Right. You you are moving money around in via rare objects yeah yeah uh it's that or you buy a, a penis rocket like jeff bezos did when i guess sort of when you got that kind of money what's what's 1.5 million to spend on this copy of a super mario yeah it's a it's a rounding error pretty quickly <laughs> exactly um, i mean I, I can't exactly talk about you know collectibles when it comes to the the lego department but i don't i don't i play with them they are a toy i don't do any of the the sealed in box uh, stuff yeah that's a I, I remember i remember seeing a while ago at i think it was BrickCon. there was a sealed in box version of a set i got in like 1999 going for you know a thousand dollars right because uh, it's not made anymore it's like well i opened it and played with it and had fun with it so <laughs> jokes on you man <laughs> <laughs> you win <laughs> yeah, collector's <laughs> items are only worth as much anyway. as some poor sap is willing to pay definitely uh yeah <laughs> Um, the, uh, one thing I want to note just for myself to say it out loud, cause I keep forgetting is Hades, the game you've loved on the switch is coming to game pass. And I think it's in, maybe it's actually not till September. I went, you can preload it on Xbox game pass. And I thought I came back from holidays and thought, Oh, I think that's there now you load it up and it looks like it's loading. And then it says you're here too early. Come back again in September 15th uh, or whatever it is. So it's a little tease, but yeah, anyways. It, 
it, it's a great one. And I, I should get back to that one. I, I have not played in, in a few months, but it's, it's just a, it's a really great action game as I've talked about on the show before. Did you wrap it? Um, like, is there a, a finish that you got to? And I, I, I didn't actually finish it. No. Um, there, there is a, there is an ending. Um, and I hadn't unlocked all of the character stories either. Um, so yeah, I just kind of got busy with work and, um, and have been playing more like little arcade games, um, as well, which uh, we'll talk a little bit about yeah. in Apple Corner. Yeah. Um, so have you? Yeah, we we didn't get our Switch Pro uh, for last episode. We got we got the OLED Switch slightly improved, but uh, a lot of people have been drawing comparisons to the new Steam Deck that was just announced. Uh, is this is this a? As we get into PC Corner, is this a game device that? is of any interest to you or your family? I don't think so. Not yet. Like the, my kids definitely have not discovered the, whatever you want to call that, the library that is steam. And so I have like a ton of games, like many of us do that I've never even played. And so Mm -hmm. there's definitely an element of like, well, if I bought this, I know I've seen lots of people say, Oh, I'll, I'll buy this and I'll finally be able to actually play all those games that I never get to. But then I think about the fact that I have a switch sitting here already with games that I haven't played and gotten to, even though that's just as portable as a Steam device. And so I was uh, tempered, I guess, in my enthusiasm to pick one up. But I'm, I'm excited that something like this exists, and I hope it sticks around as a meaningful platform for Steam, um, because I think this is definitely sort of the future of you know cloud, download the game as you need it, and then delete it and download something else. Um, but what, what are your thoughts on it? And is it something that's tempting you? I, it's a pretty interesting device. I would say, given my experience with the Steam Link, which I think I've mentioned a few times, I'm a little worried about sort of game compatibility mm-hmm. uh, type issues. You know, how how well will certain games adapt to the small screen or some of the uh, you know more unusual controls? I would say it doesn't look like it's super comfortable to use uh, in hand. Like you'd you'd more likely want to kind of kickstand it and and use a wireless controller. I I suspect. Um, I'm really curious how they're handling the sort of power and heat curve to get the performance they're claiming in such a small device. Um, uh, Cause it is, I think, I think it is running a, a an, um, you know, an X86 chip and, and steam OS. Right. So yeah. Um, uh, curious how, how that, you know, from AMD, the, the chip they have, what that, looks like uh in in a lot of games um now granted the smaller screen probably means you can get away with running things at lower resolution which means you need a lot less performance to push things i think i saw they're talking about supporting real-time ray tracing for certain games so there are certain areas where they're kind of doing some stuff that usually you can only do on really high-end uh very hard to find graphics hardware but again if you're driving a small mobile device you don't have to have quite as many uh, uh, chip pipelines uh, running everything. Yeah, architecturally speaking. Yeah, and it looks like the even just heavy. Like I think that's what you're alluding to. Even just awkward to hold for a long t- period of time. And I saw. Yeah, at a glance. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I'm sure. Definitely the the nerds and the various discords and stuff that I'm a part of were excited to get mm-hmm. on the pre order list and frustrated that they couldn't. You know, the usual sort of launch day, or not launch right. day, but pre launch pre buy uh, jitters or whatever and. Um, I saw one comment about how they, you know, they tried to valve the company behind steam had tried to limit pirates or, or people 
um, buying it to like list it on eBay or whatever. And in the end, you still go to eBay and there's a whole bunch of steam pre-order, whatever things for sale on eBay. And they <laughs> probably from people who don't actually have one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So starting 500 Canadian, uh, it's feels a little pricey, I guess too. I mean, it is a, like for, I guess for the average parent who maybe thinks of a switch as being top end, which, um, I think Canadian, they top out at top out at 500, I think would be 450, something like that, if it depending on the various mm-hmm. bundles. So starting at 500 and on up for a handheld device, I feel like is going to be a tough sell for the like preteen, <laughs> not with their own money kind of crowd, but maybe that's not really a big right. part of their, their, uh, supply or yeah, pre-order list anyways. So yeah, it did it definitely didn't register on my kids radar at, at all. Like in terms of their friends talking about it or anything like that, it wasn't a point of discussion at all. So We'll see. Yeah, it definitely was covered in in all of the um, the game channels and all the discords and slacks I'm in, mm-hmm. um, and and most of the discussion was was kind of centered on, huh, interesting, <laughs> but you know who is who is this for, right? Because yeah. the I think the usual Steam uh, PC gamer is is more likely to have a, a pretty significant home rank, but maybe they want to maybe they want to be mobile and and are envious of their Switch uh, peers. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, it's but, a, uh, a good play for Valve to be in that space because yeah. it's, I mean, even like we've seen Netflix announcing they're going to get into gaming somehow as well. And it's kind of like either the one one podcast I edited where they were talking about this from a financial perspective, it's more like either you're Netflix and you submit to the fact that you're going to be on Epic Games platform in Fortnite as some with your IP on in Fortnite, or you're going to build your own gaming platform and compete with Fortnite and uh, or support Fortnite or whatever it ends up being exactly how that all works. But, um, and so I think that's kind of the, everyone sees this space now is like, we need to be in this and, and that's what's yeah. going to, just going to be a battle for, <laughs> for hardware over which space, which, uh, yeah, which space you're going to be in. So, uh, yeah. And, and in particular getting to those, uh, those subscriptions or having a storefront, right? Like in the case of steam, like yeah. you, you probably don't even care so much about selling the hardware as you do about, uh, finding a way to, connect yourself to people's wallets uh, and that's the business they're in yeah yeah um so what have you you did mention uh, your kids have been playing some other stuff lately uh with roblox yeah our youngest got into roblox with with a friend and uh definitely like it's a it's an okay game i think it looks it's one of those like uh what is that polygonal or i forgot what the graphic styling is voxel voxel that's the one yeah um like it's like minecraft light very very rudimentary mm-hmm. graphics and that's fine. Like it's, it doesn't, they don't complain about the graphics obviously or whatever, but um, so it loads quick. It's easy for multiple platforms to have support for it. iPad or f- old computer can play it just fine. Um, we noticed like even when, her, when she started her friend right away was like, just ignore the chat. Don't go, don't look at the chat. <laughs> that was like the warning from her fellow eight-year-olds. Uh, who right like, We got hacked once. And so just don't look at the chat is what she was told. And, uh, and, she so she's been playing with friends only and so then the last couple of times i happened to catch her playing <laughs> not catch her but like was watching her playing and she's like talking with random people in the chat and like you know we had to talk about what that was like and comparing it to like it's okay to go to the playground and play with your friends but if you went to the playground and played with a 35 year old random person <laughs> that wouldn't necessarily be as okay he might be fine and nice but we're just you know, at this stage, anyways. So it, it is kind of like a weird world. And you, I guess you can set up a, your mm-hmm. own server, private server and stuff, much like Minecraft. So it's, but the, the wide open chat thing, which is much less, I don't know, 
prevalent common whatever in something like minecraft fortnite especially it's not really a thing that's used much um it just seems what left wide open to um yeah weirdo weirdos hackers etc um and apparently according to one article that i'll link to is a playground for fascists but <laughs> i haven't uh that seems to be the whole Yikes. internet <laughs> but um yeah yeah Un- unfortunately the unmoderated in- internet tends to kind of yeah create those those locuses of of bad folks gathering every um, everybody else yeah, i, I mean, talked to about pa- about not packstore that's the next thing we're going to talk about but Ro- roblox was was like had that like sort of this cautionary thing of just it's fun or my kid loves it you just gotta it's more like a you gotta check in with them a little more often on what's actually going on who they're playing with what world they're or gaming right. servers they're on and things like that because it's yeah a few clicks into some deep puddles i guess if you want to look at it that yeah way, so. so you have to set the boundaries and expectations of sort of what's what's okay and, and kind of um you know, not not cutting them off but but building that instinct of like hey if you see something that seems off like just just leave yeah. you know don't participate don't join in you know back back away let me know etc yeah um kind of helping that in, in instead of saying here's what's bad here's what's good you just kind of give them the tools to um determine that on on their own which is tricky at at age seven eight yeah um yeah I, I, yeah yeah definitely want to prepare them for future issues that are it's only going to get worse it's not going to get easier to deal with for sure as they get older but yeah and so you don't want to just completely shut it all off necessarily but which sometimes is tempting just to unplug the internet and <laughs> go back to playing dice games well and yeah and and there are times where that is the appropriate answer right yeah um Anyway, speak going the other way of more video games. You were did you watch or attend in some way PAX East online? Yeah, so uh, you know, uh, PAX um a long long running, you know, video game convention. Uh I've attended PAX West on I think three occasions, PAX East four times. Uh but then obviously last year with COVID, uh they had to move things online cuz large gatherings of people, bad idea. Um, so PAX East this year, which would normally be in Boston in the spring, uh, just happened this past weekend as an online thing. Um, so a lot of it was just streamed on various Twitch channels. Um, but, you know, they have a, a, a really nice website gathering all of the developers in a virtual expo hall, you know, so you can kind of walk around. And then there's a, a Discord. So I did PAX Online last fall and <clears throat> they they took a similar idea here where you get access to the discord and there's lots of little mini games you can play as well as discussion channels for each of the streams that you're watching and, um, you know, uh, looking for group channels. If you want to play particular games, you know, there was one I saw for Hearthstone. You could, you could find someone and exchange battle ID tags and, and then play each other. Right. Um, the, the main things that, uh, I, I always keep an eye out at PAX, whether I'm I'm in person or um, or now most recently online. Is the the indie games? Um, that's that's always what I'm most excited about. So they um, they usually highlight a, a couple of really you know the the games that are very much in the style of the games we talk about a lot on this show, where mm-hmm. you know sort of small uh, unusual experiences, uh, really artfully created, um, and not from the big studios. Um, so the indie showcase uh which you're which you're scrolling through on the stream right now is sort of their replacement for the indie mega booth which started at PAX several years ago and has expanded to other conventions but they are 
offline during COVID. They just didn't want to organize anything or, or you know, spend the overhead on, on doing anything. Um, uh, of the indie showcase, the ones that jumped out at me, uh, our our favorite from Arcade, Mini Motorways, is there. Mm-hmm. And that's coming out on Steam, I think, next week or, or in the next few coming days. Um, and then Imagine Earth looked like a really cool, you know, uh, 4X civilization style game with this 3D planetoid imagery and one of the main game mechanics uh, in watching the video is so you know you're doing the typical thing of like colonizing and exploiting resources but the the challenge is to not mis- repeat the mistakes of earth so basically on every planet you try to build a base on uh you have to avoid completely destroying the ecosystem again <laughs> um so kind of an, an interesting twist on the on the 4x genre there which is one of my favorites but of course tends to encourage uh, the the exploitation X in that 4X, right? right. Um, <laughs> so, so lots of good-looking good, uh, good games there to highlight, uh, mostly for uh, Windows PC. Um, is it Magic Earth? a couple panels. Is that, on, yeah. is that on Apple Arcade? Or did I see it somewhere else? Maybe I'm thinking of something else. There was a, a similar style game that I thought was coming to Apple Arcade. Maybe I'm thinking. Um, I mean, there was that... Maybe. This that looks more uh, yeah. Doodle God Universe, the that's little planetoid in that looks kind of yeah, like this. Sorry, that's um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we we can talk about that a little bit in Apple uh, Corner because my son has tried that out. Um, yeah, yeah. Marla but, in the chat just said, "I love the glimpses at indie games between streams. I added a lot to my wish list, but I need the time to actually play." That's definitely. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great point, Marla. Because. <laughs> Yeah, it, the the sheer number of of games that are are available uh, at any given time is astounding, um, and especially if you throw in like early access on Steam or some of the stuff that's free on on itch.io. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I definitely rely on uh, sort of tastemakers, you know, at like panels at, pa- at places like PAX to help guide me in those directions. Right? Um, yeah, of the. The panels I attended, there are a couple of interesting ones. I watched uh, uh, Indies Uncovered by Rock, Paper, Shotgun. Um, they highlighted it. They just kind of were streaming a couple of games they liked. So one was Demon Turf, which was this sort of hand-drawn art style 3D platformer. Looked very hard in the vein of the original Super Mario 64 in terms of like how often you will fail the jump and fall to your doom. Um, and then... Um, another one they had was Tunche, uh, which um, looks kind of similar to you know a Hades like roguelike where you're where you're going through. Uh, it's set in the Amazon and you're you're looking for this mysterious Tunche. It's by a Peruvian studio um, and kind of like a you know side scrolling beat 'em up mm-hmm. type game. Look kind of interesting. Um, then I attended. Why we need wholesome games. So I think we mentioned on a recent episode there was the the wholesome games showcase or whatever they call it. And so this was a panel by that that group, kind of talking about um, games that are cozy or wholesome and what that means. And it, the main main focus they were talking about is sort of games that don't give you anxiety, right? <laughs> games that you play and feel calm. So you know some of those simulator games we were joking about last episode were were on their list where you're just like, yeah, I'm just. I'm chill. I'm just running a gas station. I don't have, I'm washing my car. I'm, uh, I'm growing a garden. Right. They, so I just saw it go by, um, lawnmower simulator. Did I, I don't know if yeah. that's the good stuff discord, but 
So that feels like something in that vein where maybe they add some, yes. some more like time pressure stuff where the owner of the lawn is mad if you don't do it at a certain time or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but it felt pretty chill, like sort of like farming simulator too. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, I mean, we're, we're in a, a time in the world where those kind of escape games are maybe a little more fun than the traditional, you know, power fantasy game of, of, you know, kill all the bad guys or whatever yeah. that you just want something <laughs> a little more relaxing. Um, so that, that was an interesting conversation. Um, and then another one was imagining better worlds through games, which actually featured two of the folks from Dino Polo Club that makes mm. mini Metro and mini motorways. And they were kind of talking about, um, you know, it, in a way they're talking about politics in games, but, you know, with a specific sort of more progressive angle of like, how do you portray a world that is better than the world we're in, in certain ways, uh, whether, Literally, in the case of Mini Metro, where there's a great transit system, which doesn't really happen here in the United <laughs> States, at least, uh, or uh, more more representatively in terms of the kinds of characters uh, and people who are in your story that maybe are more representative of the the diversity of, of humanity, right? So, so that was another interesting conversation. Um, uh, you know, makes me think of like what appeals to me about Star Trek, right? Which is like a whole other podcast I could host. Um, <laughs> you and a few, a few others on the internet, <laughs> but yes, yes, yeah. I think I think there might just be uh, plenty of Star Trek podcasts <laughs> no, featuring a white guy talking about how much they like Star Trek. Yeah. Um, did they come? To, I'm yeah, just curious. Did they so have like so? You you quoted here letting the player come to their own conclusions. Did you have a? Um, do they have sort of like, I guess, some conclusions as far as on the developer side of what they do that helps enable that or anything like that? Or is it kind of more just a general discussion of like how they've developed stuff what they did? Yeah, I think spot. from the developer side, the the main thing they were talking about is is sort of making sure that you get the diversity of voices making the games, right? Because then then you get the opportunity to to sort of get those messages worked into the games about specific lived experiences that you know the average uh or at least the historical stereotype of it of a game developer would not you know know how to to talk about yeah so i think that's mostly what they're talking about is like make make the game that tells the story you want to tell right and support people in the industry who are from marginalized groups who aren't able to make games normally or or haven't been historically i think i think there's been a a pretty a good resurgence in that area especially with all of these independent platforms but um, the big money is still in, you know, square jaw gunman <laughs> shooting all the square aliens, gunman, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So we'll, there's a whole bunch of demos you got listed, which we'll include in the show notes. So if somebody's, I don't know if there's any, you want to quickly point out just to me- um, worth mentioning. Yeah, I think, I think we talked about skateboard, skateboard on a previous yeah. episode. You know, yeah. it's, it's what it says on the tin. It is a <laughs> skateboarding game where you're a bird. It's, it's silly fun. Um, and then uh, my son liked Midnight Protocol a lot, which was sort of a more board game like kind of hacking simulator, you know, where you're, there's a story and you're connecting to computers and trying to like steal data and, oh, um, yeah. you know, did, you know, did, and it's got the kind of light side, dark side of, of white hat, black hat hacking. Like, are you a good guy or not? Um, I got sound. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And then, yeah, Skyfleet uh, didn't grab me. But so it was cool because all of these were were PAX Online demos on Steam. Um, some of them may still be available, but uh, a few of them definitely had an exclusivity window during the convention. Um, yeah, uh, there's there's a lot of games out there. And, you know, the Steam demo system, obviously, as a Mac gamer, there's not a lot of the demos I can play, mm-hmm. but there are a few and um, uh, they're they're pretty fun. So that's kind of that was my my PAX experience. I think PAX West is supposedly happening in person here in Seattle in September. Uh, definitely not going to a convention where I always catch a cold uh, during yeah, a the bare minimum. global pandemic. <laughs> <You're> gonna- <laughs> uh, so, I, you know, hopefully they're they'll be safe at that. But I, I'll stick to the online ones for now. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Oh, that's where and gas station simulator is also there. Is that where you're? I didn't realize. Oh, that actually- so that one wasn't a demo. I just I just mentioned oh, that okay. one because yeah. I think it. Yeah, when we were talking uh, in recent weeks about some of those games, where it's like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to do my chores, but I'll do a simulated yeah. <laughs> chore in a game because that's more fun. Um, whether it's washing the car, running a gas station, or or whatever. Yeah, I guarantee you, I can get my kids to play lawnmower simulator quicker than I can get them to actually cut the lawn. That's for sure. <laughs> um, uh, so life hack just don't have a lawn yes yeah. yes you know, so that's why i need lawnmower simulator is, right. is i miss it right I'm, exactly. I'm in the city i don't i don't have a yard um and you definitely save a lot of money on just all the things to just to, even yes. even to like maintenance a, and gas half and... your grass <laughs> as it were <laughs> uh okay on that note moving on to sorry theo if you happen to listen to this episode. <laughs> um we're going to apple corner uh what uh what I, I've completely skipped. I don't think I played anything in the last week on Apple on iOS, um, other than maybe some solitaire when I was having trouble sleeping or something. But what have what have you been playing? Yeah, so you know we're it's it's often my evening, uh, like right before bed, kind of gameplay. Um, I, I have been playing the that one new solitaire that we talked about last episode. Um, my son and I are always kind of looking at some of the multiplayer games to kind of, especially the co-op ones where we can play together. So we went back to an older release scrappers. Um, and you know, it's, it's kind of fun. I th- we found it very tricky to do. There's like a, a thing in the game where you're supposed to like toss trash to each other to get more bonus points. Cause you can then put more in at once. Um, we found that very hard to coordinate just skill level wise. Maybe it needs, needs practice. Um, but yeah, uh, the the main thing both of us have been playing uh, since it came out, uh, well, I think last week was uh, Alto's Odyssey: Lost Cities. Um, so, w- before we dive into that, uh, was there any other Apple stuff that you've been kind of um, dealing with, mucking around yeah. with? I, I saw a few tweets in that area. Yeah, definitely the Apple TV hardware was causing me grief. I think I've alluded to it a couple times on the episodes where, just like frustratingly basic things of they'd have a it'd be like a banner ad for let's say Ted Lasso season two, but then the little thumbnail where you can actually click to go watch what you would assume would be Ted Lasso season one or more info about season two would be just some other random show and nothing to do with what you're watching. There was only one banner. You couldn't see more. It was a really frustrating experience just trying to even navigate to find, uh, like I think I said, for all mankind, we've watched a season and a half of it, but I can't, it wouldn't show up anywhere in the user interface to like, find, I have to manually search for it. And that's the only way I could find it to watch yeah. the next episode and then once we finished that episode, it would be like some other random show they would recommend us to fall, to watch next, even though there's clearly another episode of that show to watch. And what it sounds like is we, I kind of gathered from the non-responses and the folks um, they that responded is we were, we had a bug or we had an issue. And so 
I thought I would just wipe the Apple TV, restart it, reinstall the OS, iOS, TV OS, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and, and so that's what I did this week. And that actually seemed to fix it. And then the new updates, whatever, we're up to 14, no. Uh, 14, 7, 7, I think I saw. Yeah. Um, I forgot yeah. if they were all unified that way. But yeah, that also came out. But that was, bef- I'd done this before that came out. So I don't think that fixed anything. But um, right away after I reinstalled everything, logged in, did all this stuff. Uh, now, like the shows are there right away. Even my, like we'd watch, we were rewatching season one of Ted Lasso and it was like the next episode was queued up, ready to go. So I think just a weird bug that I was experiencing in terms of the hardware interesting or software, I guess, not the hardware. Um, and, uh, we'll see the one other weird issue is that our TV has never done this before, but the, with this new Apple TV, it was just randomly restarting. So like we were watching Loki the other night, 10 minutes into the episode, all of a sudden our TV shuts off and reboots. And then you're just like, but meanwhile, the Apple TV itself is still playing, right? So you kind of pause right. the TV without being, or Apple TV. And uh, so we'll see. I haven't, we haven't watched enough to know for sure if that fixed this as well. Like it feels like our TV OS was just borked somehow, <laughs> technical term. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what was going on. So at any rate, I'm happy to have it Sen- working again. That's good. Yeah. So it's like it was sending junk video or audio streams or something that your TV didn't like. Yeah. And I did like, there's an HDMI test even in the Apple TV settings, you know, and it said now, like I did that after I restarted. So who knows? I don't remember if I did it beforehand. So, but it said everything's fine. So we'll see. Um, But obviously things were wonky in terms of what was, what was in there somehow tied to my Apple ID was all goofy and weird. So um, we'll see. I haven't added the just my account. So we'll see. And now I'm going to add, the families, you know, various iCloud accounts to right. it as well and see if that's where the issue came in. Maybe it, I don't know. Anyways, hopefully it all works. It, you know, it's, it's funny. We, 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 we usually talk about the sort of the Apple, it just works, uh, <laughs> paradigm. And, and I think most of the time that is true, but when you get into those weird edge cases, there's, there's basically no recourse. You can't yeah. figure out what's going on. You, you just kind of have to start over and start fresh and hope that solves it. I'm, I'm surprised that kind of stuff you were running into is actually a local thing and not like something in TV plus, like on the cloud side. Right. Yeah. But I guess something wasn't talking to something. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, my weird uh, Apple issue that isn't games is, so I enabled the new Apple lossless playback on, on Apple music. Cause we've got the whole Apple one plan that includes arcade and everything. And um, consistently on my phone, when I've opened music for the first time to play something, and I start 15 seconds into the song, it stops consistently. We, yeah. Uh, have you been running into this too? Only when and, we're and, on remote, like on cellular or like away from, we had cellular disabled when we were camping uh, and downloaded music, we thought. But yeah, we would, all of a sudden uh-huh. we were like queuing up music to like, we'd, we'd listen to the Lumineers often when we camp or whatever, just like some acoustic music. And it was just like right. first 15 seconds and then stop. And the next one, 15 seconds, stop. So interesting. So it's something, something with their buffering, but yeah, then after a couple of tries, then the little lossless lossless badge will show up on the song playback display, and then it'll run fine. And then it'll run fine the rest of the time I'm using the music app that session. So it's like something in the cloud is like getting the wrong file or the wrong partial file. And then it figures itself out after a little bit, but at first it's, it's doing the wrong thing. 
I, I don't know what's going on with that. It's just a weird, it's a weird thing. I like, like you said, I probably just need to turn some stuff off and back on again. You know, the classic <laughs> no, just... IT uh, solution. <laughs> it's bizarre. Um, That's, I mean, it's good. I guess good to know that other people are experiencing that issue. Cause I was getting some serious stink yes. eye from my family for like, saying Apple music is great. Look at lossless music. Oh, great. And then we can't right. listen to any of the and music. Then, and then it, and then it fails and <laughs> Apple stop embarrassing exactly. me. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, well, why don't we wrap up with a fun, your, like a fun side of Apple. Yes. On on a positive note. (laughs) Yeah. So, so had you played any, I think there's two previous Altos Odyssey games. Yeah, I did. I, whether I bought them or I can't remember if they're free with in a purchase or whatever it was. Anyways, I played both the previous full versions of the games. I don't think I ever, I don't know if there's a wrapping of them really. It's kind of just a high score achievement oriented gameplay, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of a endless runner type game uh, for sure. I think you know you can kind of unlock everything, um, which I don't believe I did on, on either of the, the first two games because yeah. there were some of the later challenges that were just very uh, difficult. Um, but you know this uh, Lost Cities is is pretty much the same core gameplay. You're you're riding down a slope continuously. Um, you know, new art style, new new kind of setting. Uh, I think the characters are the same at least so far, although it looks like based on the game center achievements, there's maybe more characters to unlock that I haven't gotten to yet. They're doing more interesting stuff with like foreground objects that scroll by and, you know, briefly obscure parts of the level, uh, like, like stone pinnacles or, or what have you, oh, yeah. or trees. Um, and there's a few things now that are new and interactive. So there's, uh, there are balloons that float up and, you know, if you time your jump, you can bounce off the top of the balloon and do a flip kind of thing. Um, you can unlock a board that allows you to wall ride. So there's certain background surfaces where you can kind of do like a, a jump and, and ride on the wall and then jump and flip off the wall to, you know, kind of chaining your, your trick combos together. Yeah. Um, so, so some, you know, it's, it's one of those games that's just very, very satisfying. You know, you can mess up on the first jump and then you just start over and start a new run. And, you know, if you get really in the groove, you can go really far in the game and unlock all of the objectives as you go. Um, I've, there, there's some various quest things I've, I've found all 10 map fragments, which gets me to the lost city. Uh, I have, I've unlocked the second character, Maya, which is a little better at flipping. So that's fun. Um, I actually, I ran into a weird bug one of the times I died, which I, I sent to snowman, the developers with a little video where, where basically my character was stuck like between two parts of the level and just spinning continuously saying and showing every possible oh no you died message (laughs) (laughs) and and it just it just went like this uh until i until i uh left the app um but but they thanked me for reporting the issue so that that was pretty funny um they didn't send you a free like like, uh snow or a snowboard or sandboard as a compensation yeah i know i i need to get some (laughs) i need to get some altos uh swag some llama (laughs) some llama swag (laughs) <laughs> um, did you try it on the tv or just on your ipad or what, what yeah i i haven't yet i've just been playing it on the phone and and like i said my my son has been playing on the ipad and uh yeah so he's been he's been having fun with it you know, it's definitely a harder game for him but mm. you know, like this morning he was really happy because he got the 10 backflips challenge right so he'd been working on that one for a while and and at at you know age seven like this kind of game can be really challenging but he kind of did the the stick to of it of, and, and, uh, was able to, to, uh, beat that during screen time. Yeah. <laughs> I, 
I love what I love about it. I think I, I just reminds me, I, I do need to try it on the TV because I think it's just a gorgeous game to look at. And it, it is like one yes. of those sort of ambient chill games that there's very little pressure. You you get going and you're kind of like chaining stuff together. And there's, so there's that amount of pressure on yourself maybe, but otherwise, you know, you crash and then you just start over. And um, when you, especially if you're not really achievement oriented, achievement hunting, um, it's very chill. Soundtrack is great. Just- yeah, the soundtrack's great, and and there is also the Zen mode, which I think they added to the game, the original game, like yeah. after it had been out for a while. Yeah. But this one, it it comes with it out of the box, or you might have to complete one of the early levels to get to it. But that one, you know, there's there's no challenges, there's no there's no death, there's no like really hard jumps. You just kind of surf forever and like look at the art and listen to the soundtrack. And if you if you die, you just tap and you're back at it. Um, and uh, I've played that a couple times as well. Um, right now, I'm I am challenge hunting, but <laughs> the appeal of kind of like what we were talking about earlier with with the wholesome games, the cozy games, the low anxiety games. Um, yeah, it's just it's like oh, here's just a game where I'm just kind of relaxing. I'm tapping. I'm enjoying the music. Oops. Oh well. You know, keep going. Yeah. Um, is is a pretty appealing kind of gameplay. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Well, I'm gonna definitely uh, re-download that one now that. Uh or replay that one, or I guess sort of like play that one because it is different, a different game, but uh, revisit it anyways from the original. Yeah, it's a, it's a sequel, yeah. uh, you know. And uh, yeah, pull that one and definitely try hooking it up on the Apple TV too. Worth going through the all the effort of of syncing a controller to the <laughs> to the TV anyways to try it out. Yes, because um, that's yeah. I assume it doesn't have uh, probably doesn't do remote play with the new remote. Most of them don't. So um, that's not an option. But no, I. I- which is a little sad because it is literally one button play like you're you're just pressing and holding over and over again um but but for whatever reason apple with tvos has decided that they don't want developers who even developers who could like alta's odyssey or um crossy castle i think we we mentioned yeah that could be trivially done on the d-pad they're just like nah yeah let's not do it anymore maybe they don't want wear and tear on their fancy new remote or something i don't know (laughs) <laughs> could be <laughs> but uh all right we're gonna cut it short here uh because i have to go play it support for the speaking of screen time and uh, figuring that out and very important some meetings cool. and so we'll cover tabletop corner and whatever else comes in the next episode so thank you for listening to 25 cents our video game podcast you can find me on twitter at iChris, and you can find me on twitter and most everywhere else as ultra nerd that's n-u-r-d and you can find 25 cents wherever you list podcasts. Of course, be sure to check out the good stuff. Patreon, patreon.com slash good stuff. Join us in the discord for $5 a month, I think is where it's at right now. And uh, we will uh, see you next, next episode. Thanks, Nick. Bye. Thanks, Chris. Bye.